0: In this week's Planet Korea, we return to our occasional series on Korean urbanism with Colin Marshall. Colin, if you haven't heard of him yet, is the local blogger for the L.A. Review of Books... And he's obsessed with city culture around the world. Just look him up online and you'll find an absolute treasure trove of his writing, his videos, and his podcasting. He really is extremely prolific on the subject of urban life. Anyway, once a month or so, we pick a city spot here in Seoul and hang out and talk about it. This time, we're joined by a special guest as we explore the Hanok Renaissance, which is Iksondong. If somebody... Just got off the bus and they
1: had no idea what Iksundong was. How would you summarize it? I would say this is a Hanok village made of old Korean houses. And in a lot of cases, these neighborhoods have been demolished. I mean, Korea has been big on redevelopment. Tear the old down, build the new, build tall, build big, build modern. This is one of the Mm -hmm. places that has not built tall, not built big, not built modern, even though it's amid all that. We're in a forest of towers, but this is, as they say, an island of Hanok. One of the rare non-vertical Neighborhoods. It really is. It's horizontal, narrow streets, small scale. Mm-hmm. It's reminds me of there was an, There's a famous architect and urban planner, Jan Gehl. Mm-hmm. He's Danish. He live He's he's in Copenhagen. He's famous for the work he's done there. He has this saying. He's repeated it in his books. One of the Cities for People is one of his famous books. Um, Make sure there's not quite enough space. And I like about what I like about Ik is there's not quite enough space, mm-hmm. which is it's a good thing urbanistically to not have quite enough. It's the same
0: reason you want to kind of compress people slightly artificially at a party, right? It's you don't true. want them to spread out too much. You want them to be a little bit packed in so they have to interact. That's kind of what all of these little alleyways and passageways are like—little brick corridors. Many of the buildings are brick. Many of them are traditional materials like hanoks and stuff. In a way, it
1: kind of reminds me of a hutong. Village in in Beijing, you know, right? Exactly. It's the sort of it's a similar origins too. I mean, I'll put it this way: I, I talk about Hanok, and that literally means Korean house. And these all once were residential houses, but as we can see now, they're not all residential anymore. There's mm. bars, cafes, galleries, all kinds of things, and they're they're getting more. It's getting more and more well known uh, these hot spots. But mm. at the same time, you know, this was a real estate development. And what do you think of when you think of Korean real estate development now?
0: 30 floors up in the sky, central air, central heating, uh, maybe a
1: school and a convenience store built into the bottom floor? Exactly. Well, this was that of the 1930s, of the colonial period. It was the first real estate development in Korea, per se, just a whole chunk of land, just houses built in a pattern. Um, all to a specific architectural design. So we're really in the predecessor of all those forests of apartment towers that'll look the same. But this Mm -hmm. one, you know, time has seasoned it. It's changed. It's transformed. It has new things. It has old things, too. And it's kind of swinging back again. We're going to meet
0: a friend of mine named Daniel in one of these trendy little Hanok places in just a minute. What's old is what's new and what's hip. Uh, Hanoks are getting the modern treatment. They're becoming comfortable places to gather for some wine, some food, and they're becoming trendy neighborhoods.
1: They really are, and this is this is one that's become trendy because it wasn't torn down, and mm. it was going to be. The preservationists have won this battle, and the next question is, so what's it going to be going forward? We know architecturally, structurally, what it's going to be. What are the uses going to be? Who's going to come here? Who's the crowd? Alright, let's go to this little watering hole. We'll catch up
0: with Daniel. We'll put some of those questions to him. <laughs> up now with uh, Daniel Tendler uh, an architect oh. with specialization in taking old structures Hanoks and bringing them up to, to modern standards looking at this structure this has now been refurbished as kind of a restaurant what can you tell about this little Hanok that we're in
2: actually the approach here is it's a mixture of you know modern um, substructures which are added and um, they keep the old structure And it's, it's pretty interesting if you compare This area and the approach uh, here with uh, Pukcheon, for example, Mm -hmm. in Pukcheon, the city of Seoul has invested a lot of money in in subsidies for uh, renovating and rebuilding Mm hanok. And here, it's it's rather um, private investment that's happening now, since they decided not to demolish this area. But um, um, you can, in theory, get subsidies here but since it's not designated as a residential area there's more um yeah little shops opening restaurants bars like like we are here now so it's 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 very different and uh, the interesting thing is um i've once heard concerns about um the way how this area is renovated now concerns were towards um the disrespect of the historical background and so on but um I think if you compare those two areas, what happens in Pukchan is, of course, they are closer to the traditional look, but Mm -hmm. um, you can get subsidies for destroying Hanung and build a new one. What happens here is, ironically, because people, uh, uh, they want to have their business here, they have to earn money, so they can't invest as much. So they usually keep as much of the old structure as they can and just add new parts to complete it. So, ironically, more of the original substance is saved here in comparison to Pukchon. So it's it's very interesting. Still, um, you, if you're looking around here, where we're sitting here now, like all um, the wooden structures, it's all original. Mm-hmm. Of course, the windows are out, but I would say um, the original windows might have been gone anyways. You see other places where they even keep the old windows and just add some new. So, yeah, I'm I'm glad at least um this area is not being demolished now as yeah, a whole yeah. Yeah.
0: and it's now turning into one of the most vibrant sort of reinvigorated traditional
2: uh-huh. Hanok places around one reason was um, a, sh- a shift in policies by the city of Seoul ever since uh, Park Won-soon became may- uh, mayor of Seoul um, in my opinion in this respect things turned for the better um, but um, many of those redevelopment projects you know they have a very long span of planning so um it wasn't possible to stop uh, every project. There's been other neighborhoods that should have been saved that couldn't been saved, that are lost now. But uh, yeah, for this neighborhood, we were more lucky, I think.
0: What's happening in this neighborhood, uh, Colin? As somebody who looks at cities systematically, is is this gentrification 101, or what is this?
1: Well, gentrification is always a fascinating question in Korea because it's not really understood the same way as it is, for example, in Los Angeles, where I moved here from. Gentrification there, it tends to be about a neighborhood like Highland Park up in the Northeast where the idea is that, you know, one race is displacing another, one class is displacing another. And here, you know, it's it's a more homogenous society, so there's not necessarily... There's not necessarily the terms of, of a struggle between the races that you hear it framed in, but often it is generational. You read articles about how charming it is, for example, that you'll see old people who have lived here in Dong for a long time. Then the question that always comes up is, well, you know, that old person's house is going to get pretty expensive, which, as we just said, it's going to be pretty valuable. And what cafe, what bar is going to want to move into it? And the question is more, it's more about homogeneity of, Uses, You know, are we going to see a neighborhood that's nothing but bars? Or a good contrast is Bukchon Hanok village. Yeah. I mean, if you are harsh about it, you could say it's a tourist trap. I think it still has good mm-hmm. qualities, but it has become a zone with a certain purpose. Yeah, yeah. And Ikseondong is still, it still has mixed purposes. And I think that's the gentrification question here is, are there many uses or is there essentially one? Here, there are still many for now. It makes me wonder if it all kind of comes back
0: and bites its own tail in the form of like a Disneyland effect. Right. Sort of. Will this become such a hot concept that rather than refurbishing hanoks, people are kind of inventing
2: mm-hmm. hanoks, uh, contriving hanoks? If you compare, um, for example, Europe and Korea, or my home country, Germany and Korea, is um, in Germany we have much more of the old substance preserved, but um, the the craftsmanship. The traditional craftsmanship does not exist anymore in that form. It has evolved into, for example, if we talk about um, carpenters, the traditional carpenter has evolved into the modern carpenters. There are modern carpenters who specialize on uh, renovating old houses and so on, but there is not, like in Korea, two different um, branches of this um, uh, profession. Mm -hmm. In Korea, we, we do have the traditional carpentry that is very much alive it's not that it died out and it's revived, but it's it's still existing. It's safe, like this whole craftsmanship and knowledge is safe. So, I think it's all it's also important that we build new Hanoks in order also to preserve the craftsmanship and the knowledge. <laughs>
0: Hi, gentlemen. So we finished our uh, little dinner at the Hanok restaurant. And very close by, there's a small makoli place where we're having a short
1: little yi cha. And it also makes sense that we'll be having makoli here because, in a way, Makkali is is like... It's like a neighborhood like this, which means Makoli fell out of favor for a long time. It was an old drink, a farmer's drink, a poor person's drink. A neighborhood like Ixondong <laughs> fell out of favor for a while because it was, well, that's for poor people, that's for old people, that's not where new, modern, young people live. And now new, modern, young people, they're drinking makgeolli, uh, And they're, li- they're not, if not living, then at least having fun in neighborhoods like this. And they're not drinking Makoli ironically. <laughs> no, not
0: at all. <laughs> this isn't America. <laughs> they're not going to Hanok's ironically. There is a genuine... I guess, affection for
1: Makkoli and for these Hanoks, Right. It's it's a genuine affection that's come back. Uh, It's come full circle, you might say. The KTO recently announced
0: um, that they're partnering with a couple of dozen of villages out there in the middle of nowhere for rural tourism experiences, right? The idea being, you know, we're going to bring these... uh, busloads of tourists from either the West or China, I dare say more from the West, to have these sort of countrified Korean experiences. And I can picture Hanok construction and refurbishment being the, the perfect way to sort of give the overtired, over-urbanized uh, sort of Western uh, salaryman or whoever an antidote.
2: I have to say... Um I wish um building Hanok they would not think about tourists they would not think about foreigners because that's what, what what is happening and I think that creates problems if you just look at for example the Hanok neighborhood in Umgyeong they are building um I don't recall the exact name of it but it has something to to it like um Munwa, like um history and culture what kind of history is there? There was nothing before. <laughs> okay. I mean, you, you can't make history, you can't make historic spots for tourists if they would just focus on, okay, what kind of Hanukkahs do we want for ourselves? What do we like? And what kind of Hanukkahs do we want to live? I think very naturally, they would have a healthy development. They would have Hanukkahs that also foreigners, also tourists like. Authenticity first, yes. and then let the exactly. tourists be attracted to that rather exactly. than try to pander to tourists. Exactly, because everything is so focused on tourists. And how people from elsewhere see it—they mm, lose most sense.
1: aspects of Korean society now, though. Right? It is yeah. that
2: problem all across <laughs> the board. True. Well, because who wants it? I mean,
0: <laughs> you know, a little microcosm of it is back at the when I was used to be a correspondent at the main correspondence club. They would always try to serve like these Western sort of fancy <laughs> dinners. I said, why not just you know? You know, or something like that. Make Korean food.
1: Make like what you like that you're good at.
0: That's right. You're great at it. We love it. Uh, there's there's no need to be ashamed of it. It's wonderful food. It's certainly every bit as wonderful as this, like hamburger patty with um, gravy that you made.
2: Uh, it's don't be ashamed of what you are. You know. I think a simple way to create something great would be just let young people do it. Yeah. Give them space. Give them freedom. Um, create an environment in which they can thrive and I think really great things will occur naturally but so many things are like dictated from above here they make schemes, they make plans and through that so much is spoiled in my view. And they've got the end in mind so there's no
0: room to organically see what grows. Build uncertainty into the model, that sounds like a a good cultural approach. Do you think that'll ever, uh, you can never sell that to the, the people that
1: arrange these budgets and make these plants? Once the younger generation becomes them, maybe. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. until, until such time. You know what they Who say knows. about the long run, Colin. Yeah, we're all dead.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thanks very much once again to Colin Marshall and Daniel Tendler. We'll be talking urbanism again sometime next month. Stay tuned. Koreascape will be back in just a moment with the science of Korean medicine.